podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi, this is Tony Cotty and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. You are listening to the We Are West End podcast with me, Will Pugh and James Jones. And this season, the We Are West End podcast is sponsored by Miriam Errington Conveyancing in Adelaide, South Australia. So if you are buying or selling a property in Adelaide, South Australia or Australia as a whole, make sure you keep West End business in the West End family by giving Miriam a call. Or a shout, it's Miriam Errington Conveyancing for all your property sale and conveyancing needs down under. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to see West Ham concede five goals away from home twice in the build up to Christmas. Sweet. Oh dear, oh dear. Um, a drubbing at Liverpool in the Carabao Cup 5-1 after the dropping of course at Fulham. Uh, me and James didn't do a podcast earlier this week. We had another game in such quick succession and with Christmas coming up we thought we'd just do one hit here uh, to carry you through and how annoying and what a bad decision that was because we might have had a chance to actually be positive about the club before crashing out of the Carabao Cup quarterfinals 5-1 at Liverpool. As always, I think you know what to expect by now. It obviously was. I don't think it was good to lose 5-1 at Liverpool. I don't think it was a great performance. But I also don't think it's the most embarrassing way to go out of a competition. The scoreline, yes, but losing to Liverpool away, not so much. I am going to invite my friend, James Jones, in. Jonesy, Merry Christmas, 21st of December. Um, for anyone asking, a few people getting in touch saying, where's the pod? Um, it was all a bit rushed after the game, trying to get someone sorted out for Liverpool. So we figured we'd just do one afterwards. Um, how are you feeling? I'm not doing the same as we've done the past couple of weeks, mate. I know we've lost 5-1 again, but I refuse to do it. So how are you feeling? Merry Christmas. Um, how am I feeling? How am I feeling? Um First of all, I don't. I've seen a lot of people go, "Oh well, um, that was our best chance in God knows how many years to to win a domestic trophy." It wasn't. Yeah, let's get that right. Um, one win in God knows how long, sixty odd years at Anfield, suggests that that wasn't our best time. Regard, we could have played, we could have played the, the boys of '86, and it's probably still not won. Um, so especially, like, especially as they're all about 65, yeah, that, that as well, yeah, yeah. This, um, but at the same time, the frustration from me and the majority of the fan base, I believe, is that it was the manner of which it was the 5 1 defeat going to Anfield and losing 5 1. There'll be a lot of teams that do that this season. Um, we've gone there and we've barely done anything, we're two shots all game. They came in the second half. One of those was Bowen's goal. Fantastic finish, by the way. The other one was a kudos one at Rosehead. Like, you can't go into games like that and almost concede defeat from the very from the very beginning. And like, starting 11 was questionable, to, to say the least. 
Um, and so, yeah, okay. It was a difficult draw, and the likelihood is that we were going to lose. Um, <clears throat> but I think the reality is is that we've not given ourselves any chance of winning that game. Um, yes, Liverpool were rested a few players and were were weaker than than their normal yeah. starting eleven would be in the Premier League. But their their second string could beat our first team. Let's have it right. Like they're a strong, well, quite, yeah, got a strong squad. I don't care how many players they rested. They still played Van Dijk. They still played Darwin Nunes. He's class. Um, Sobersly is one of the best midfielders in the Premier League in, in my eyes. I think it's fantastic. So mm. I don't care whether they rested players or not. The fact is that they were better than our strongest 11. Don't, that 11 wouldn't have been better than us. But um, I, I just, I, I'm just frustrated that we've got, we've approached that game in the way that we, that we did after such a, re- a really positive game against Wolves, performance <clears> against <throat> Wolves, a really mm. positive win against Freiburg. Uh, to win the group, um, are you talking really... about more the? You're talking about the selection, yeah, the team selection. The team selection as a part to play, but I've said I don't know whether you see me on Twitter this morning. I think I think the team selection and the performance that followed in that Liverpool game um, really underlines the the lack of squad building that Moyes has done over the last four years, um, and the lack of squad management. I think. So many teams will rest players in competitions like this, particularly if they've got Europe to deal with as well. They've got, I think this is our fifth mm. Thursday night in a row. If you take mm. into account the Tottenham game that we had on the Thursday night. Um, and there's been a lot of games. It was well documented that we were coming into, a, 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 I think it was like nine games in 21 days or something crazy like that. So mm. he's gonna he would have had to rotate the squad. <clears throat> but he should have. There should have been a, a plan for this period. In that, okay, well, we need to give some of these squad players some minutes, so that yeah. when they are called upon, they're not thrown into the deep end. Like that was Ben Johnson's third yeah, but, appearance of the season. Yeah, but like well, you, you can't say that because you'd have and everyone else would have been proper kicking off if he'd like got any time at Wolves and we hadn't won or or any of the other games recently. No, 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 been kicking no. off when our first team lose. No, games. I'm not you saying. I'm not saying. Like, start, I'm not saying start Maxwell Cornet, Ben Johnson, Pablo Fornals, Tilo Kerr every single week. What I'm saying is give them more minutes. Ben Johnson's third appearance of the season and he's thrown at the deep end, out of position, away at Anfield in a quarter-final of the League Cup <clears throat> and expected to perform at the highest possible level. Mm. It's his first appearance in a month. Tilo Kerr comes on for the last five, ten minutes of Premier League games. It's the same same situation with Fornals. Um, Cornet was ill but I'm, I'm pretty sure Cornet probably would have got some minutes he gets more minutes than most and still doesn't get enough I don't think and I think that that's the situation is that you now someone said but what well, would you, know, what, what what would you have done I don't really know what would you what, have done no, I don't what, no what, what I'm saying is is that these players that it's all very well pick it, rotating a team and, and, and resting players in games like that but you have to plan for it and manage the squad so when you do decide to do that it doesn't isn't as detrimental to, to the performance of the team. A lot of well, those ben, players ben, have barely played any minutes. Ben Rama and Fornals have been coming on semi-regularly in in like recent games. Fornals, I think, and, and both of them have got some minutes in Europe. Mavrapanos has played quite a bit. Um, last night, by the way, as far as he goes, I know people are saying he's playing alongside Ogbonna, which hampers him, which I understand, but I'm just losing less and less faith in in him, really. He just looks like he's always got an absolute clangor in him, like a proper dodgy pass or something like that. And then 
Oh, Angela Bonner just hasn't really been the same since his um, injury, which he come back from mid thirties. Now I, I sort of grant that, but really, like, and and Ben Johnson, yeah, you, you mentioned Ben Johnson there, but it's only really Ben Johnson and Ogbonna who haven't had, I don't know, like an hour, an hour and a half of football over the last sort of four games, probably. Uh, I I just don't think they get they're not being given enough minutes. It's not enough minutes. You can't expect a player to come on every but week for the last bad, 10 minutes. Like none and then, of them are good. None of them are best players. Well, that, but how do you expect them to be good if they're not playing any minutes? That's that's my that's my issue. You can't expect footballers, don't care what level they're at, you can't expect footballers, particularly in an away game at Anfield in the quarterfinal of the cup, to come in and hit the ground running and, and absolutely like play brilliantly if their 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 game time is stop start. Like, it's only like, Johnson I'm, I'm and Bonner, isn't it, really? Four now, he's played 19 appearances, but a lot of those have been sub-appearances this yeah, season. Yeah, because he's not one of our best players. That's going to happen. Yeah, but in a lot of games, Moyes is making Neither subs in like the se- 75th minute. He's making subs in the 75th minute. He can play 15 minutes every other week. So you're saying that he should be putting on Pablo Fornells or Saeed Rama, for example, sooner in games in order to prepare him for games like this, rather than, in, which is more important than actually doing anything in that game. I don't, that doesn't make any sense. So against Wolves, I think he made one sub and that came in the 85th minute. The game was one off by the hour. <clears throat> when you make some changes, knowing that you've got three games in a week coming up. But, 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 what, what, like, what, so what, what do you mean? Like, he would have, It'd have been better that's just one example. Them... That's it. That's just one example. How many times have we complained that Moyes takes forever to t- make substitutions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. Yeah. So you're three nil up at home to Wolves. Games one, or even at two nil. Games one, Wolves aren't really landing glove on us. Right. Okay. We've got we've got a game at um uh, at Anfield. I'm already planning to rest a few first team players. We've got a big game against Man United on on the Saturday. Let's give some of these players that I'm playing at the start a, a, a few minutes so that they're not. Going in cold because I haven't played for fifteen days or whatever it might have been. But Bowen only scored on Bowen scored in the seventy fourth minute against Wolves to wrap it the game, up. The, and the game they, was the game was won at half time. Wasn't what are you talking about? They that goal they had disallowed by VAR. It's a totally different game. It definitely wasn't one until Bowen scored. It's absolutely not one just because we we're two new up. There's no. I'm sorry, you can't say oh we we're two new up at half time. So throw all the players who, let's be honest, I'm not saying all of them. I'm not saying all of them. I'm not saying all of them. All I'm saying is there's a reason why a lot of these players. Ben Johnson or Bonner. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is that, and I'm not just talking about one game. What I'm saying is you can't, you can't only rely on 11 or 12 first team players all season, then choose to rotate the squad, and then expect that those players to come in and start performing as well as the first team players in the same system. The fact is, a lot of those players are out, are, are, are out of game time and are out of minutes because they're not given enough minutes throughout the season. They're not distributing the, 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 the minutes well enough. It's not it's not great squad management. I think that the Liverpool game, and there's so probably a bit, you, even the Olympiacos game. more of then? Who would you I'm not saying I'm not saying of? I'm not saying he should start all these players. I'm saying no, he needs to give these players more, more minutes. But well, like, all the players who? that... All of the players that didn't perform well. All of the players. So I mean, you'd want probably... to see more of Ben Johnson, more of Angelo Bonner. 
Well, Ogbon is different because he's about 48. So I can't really blame him for not being sharp and not being given many minutes, to be honest. But Or Ben Johnson, though. I mean, no, if he's not good, he's nowhere near as good as Emerson or Vladimir Sufau, is he? Well, no, but at the same time... When are you, so when are you going to want to see him? Well, he's played three games all season. I'd expect him, if he's the backup right back, you'd expect him to play a little bit more, wouldn't you? Than three games. Why though? I don't understand. I don't think you. I don't think he's good enough, really, is he? Clearly isn't. Well, how, like, do, how do he doesn't really get enough. played in Europe much, does he? How do we know he's not good enough when he's not? He's only playing three games. Well, he's clearly not at the level of Sufau, is he, or Emerson? I don't think that's a well lack of game time thing, is it? So, so your, so what's your stance? You think that the squad is managed absolutely perfectly? And no, I'm, just, I'm just saying, I don't, I, I haven't wanted in the build up to a Liverpool game in a, I haven't wanted to see like more of any of the players who played last night in the team. It's like, not, it's not. Cornells and Ben Rama come on at the end of games and Cornet, and they're clearly nowhere near at the level of our first team players, right? We're at a club of West Ham's level, unlike at Liverpool. Like it, it happens with all clubs, doesn't it? Right, even Aston Villa are doing well this year. They're like second string, unlike a, teams like City or Liverpool, or whatever, is noticeably worse. Right, Liverpool have two squads of, like you said, their B team, as obviously happened, like, but their B team could be our first team, probably. Same as Man City, same at Arsenal. Like most players who sit on the bench of Manchester United, Arsenal, sorry, Manchester City, Arsenal and Liverpool would walk into most other Premier League starting 11s, right? That's just the nature of it. It's unreasonable and unfair, but that is the nature of the of our game at the moment. But this season, so and all of those players on our bench, it hasn't exactly been like a an absolute battle for positions like we've had in the past where the, the the best example weirdly was when we had Jesse Lingard and people were going, ah, oh, Saeed Rama should be starting, but he was being kept out of the team by someone good, but he was doing good stuff when he came on this season. The reason David Moyes, aside from his own conservative sort of approach, which I agree that he obviously does have when it comes to subs, but aside from that, the reason is because how much faith, like how much faith do you think he has in them players? Uh, I it 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 just baffles. Like, say I I'm a, I've had it with Said Ben Rama last night. Pathetic, absolutely pathetic performance. Yet another one. Uh, quotes he come out with the other day, um, saying he's not sure if his future is at West Ham. Sort of having a bit of a. Um, a dig at Moyes saying he'll see what happens in January. Good riddance, pal. Like, please see what happens in January. Like, uh, I just don't think we've we, we've been struggling this year. Everyone's been moaning all the time that if David Moyes has given any of these like subpar players, who i.e. our bench, any more time than he has, that he's already getting pelters when he plays all our best players. I just think. It's just a, an easy thing to say after we've been hammered 5-1 at Liverpool. I agree with you. I don't think you should start Ben Johnson and Angelo Ogbonna. But his argument will be, well, this is the like lowest priority competition of the season. 
it's far more important to beat Wolves than Man United. And look, the 6,000 people who went up there, and I was close to going, um, ended up couldn't quite get enough time off work. And look, and it was the same when I went to Olympiacos. You know what I was like after that game? I was angry and furious with the team that he put out because I'd gone all that way. And I feel the same about last last night's game. But it's one of them. It's like we're paying these players. They should be ready for... But they're just not good enough, are they? And But he would have got pelters if he started our first 11 and we got beaten anyway, which is likely what would have happened. Then they're all tired for the weekend. It's like, what do you do? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, well, it goes back to my original point. He's not built a good enough squad. They're all not good enough. He's bought them. He's bought every single one of those players. But they have been good at times, haven't they? Fornells has been good before Ben Ramon. And then then they've all been replaced by stronger players over the top over time, right? Okay. Yeah. But they're still they were still probably good enough when stronger replacements came in. Okay, that's brilliant. You know, we've got Ben Rahman was was good three two, three years ago. Okay, brilliant. Right now we've got XYZ. XYZ. Um great. Ben Rama can still come off the bench and potentially have an impact. Similar thing with um with Johnson, uh with with Kara, with uh Fornaus, for example, in midfield. You go, okay, mm. brilliant. Now we've got those players to come in. So at what point did they suddenly become not good enough? It was the point when they stopped getting an uh, adequate amount of game time throughout seasons. season to the point where when they are called upon, they're rusty. That's my but point surely... about, uh, about squad management. If you're going to come, if you're going to replace the, you need to be the good players... To get minutes. Yeah, but at what point did, didn't they become good enough? Well, Obonos what... was his injury, to be fair. Yeah. He's getting old as yeah. hell. He's yeah, been that... a great oh, servant for the club. Obonos absolutely fine. But at what point did Pablo Fornals? At what point did, if he's not in his plans, why wasn't he replaced with someone that is in his plans in the season? That okay, mate, you're not going to start, but I'm going to give you a certain amount of minutes. You're going to be rotated a little bit throughout the season because we've got a lot of fixtures this season. If he's not good enough, why is he still at the football club? The same goes for Tilo Kera. The same goes for Cornet. The same goes for uh, for Ings, for example. I don't know why Kera didn't start. If if none of them are good enough. If none of if those fringe players aren't good enough, then why are they still at the football club? That's my point. I think a lot of them are good enough. It's just that when they're called upon, they're rusty. That's my point about squad management uh, or squad building. If you if you're not going to build a squad that has more than twelve players that are good enough to start start have start starting the team and actually have an impact on the team, then you haven't built a good enough squad to compete at this level. No, I, I don't and that falls that. on David Moyes. Well, it always falls on everyone at the club, to be fair, doesn't it? But I do, I, I don't necessarily argue that. But it's a, uh, it like at the beginning of the season, I think arguably we all said that you know we think it's a really that we've got a strong squad, especially once Cudders and Alvarez and we made all those signings. We were like brilliant, like we've upgraded our first eleven, which is what we needed to do, and then. Like it's almost the like a few of the players that got pushed out. Ben Rama, obviously, um, 
we, it was like, oh, that, that's good because and oh, four nails a bit. So that's good. Those players can can come off the bench. Four nails, I, I totally get that. Again, we've had good years out of him. He's been a brilliant servant, giving us some great memories. He's clearly like, doesn't want to renew his contract and he's going to leave. So but there we go. That That's fine. And I think the style of his sort of, you can just tell he's just sort of like a bit fed up and uh, and a little bit of the motivation's gone. And it's like, you, you can sort of understand that. But I think the only, you, how many more minutes can Ben Rama have, for example? Like, Fournells has been coming on a bit recently, still not quite there. But w- the only alternative to what you're saying is basically that you, you should, you, and, and I don't necessarily disagree with this, is that he should have started a much stronger team last night. Yes. But then he, if you don't really, I know it's Liverpool away, I understand that, but he'll be looking at it as it's just that competition. We've got a busy old Christmas period coming up. We're through to the knockout stage of the Europa League. As far as just general season management goes by David Moyes, although it appears like a big game and it obviously is for the fans and the ones that went up there, he's probably like, well, it's my far more of my job, one of his KPIs at his job. Success in the Carabao Cup is going to be right down there, isn't it? it basically, if you win the thing, you're only just about break even, don't you? And I, I and he's like... I, I don't think Ben Johnson and Azure Bonner have got a place at the club. Fornells obviously hasn't. He will move on. Ben Rama should go. Like, uh, but the alternative is playing all your best players, isn't it? Which, uh, which perhaps you, at the end of the day, you think if, would have done if, that? if you if you think the squad players aren't up, if they think the fringe players aren't good enough and they should be moved on, then they shouldn't be playing for the club. If you but like, he, if David Moyes he, doesn't trust them and he doesn't think they're good enough, which is what, what you think and what you what you're saying. If he doesn't think they're good enough, then they shouldn't be playing at Liverpool away in the quarterfinals of the Carabao Cup. It should be the the 11 players that he thinks are good enough to win that game of football or at least compete against Liverpool at Anfield. But that's not how football works, mate, is it? It's like you're talking about squad management. Like You know well enough that I know lots of fans just think you should shut your eyes, pick your best 11 players. Like There's... mm, millions of pounds of sports science that goes into these things like players fatigue level recovery times that sort of stuff like the reason that he played all those players last night isn't because he thought this is my best chance of winning this particular game well obviously not it's because he thought well actually the his priority last night was making sure that James Ward-Prowse, Lucas Paqueta, Kurt Zuma and Emerson who are the starting 11 players who are on the bench uh, I've got enough energy to play again on Saturdays uh, on uh, yeah Sunday Saturday whenever the Man United game is. Do you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. not you know yeah. you know that as well yeah. as anyone. Yeah, that I get that. Just pick but your eleven best players. I get that, but my point is that the players he did pick didn't have the match sharpness and the energy to compete on the day because they've not been managed well over the course of the season in terms of being given enough game time that was my point come on mate Ogbonna could play every week he's not going to be good enough is he Ben Johnson could play every week he's not going to be good enough I think the Ogbonna one was false given Aguero Brazil wasn't he so I think the Ogbonna one was forced I play um, Kera though do you know what I mean yeah maybe yeah. maybe but like Kera, Kera comes off the bench this is another game where he's just come off the bench for the last what 20 minutes 15 minutes like I just, I just don't understand what more you want from, than that, mate. Because he's not good enough to start, is he? 
Well, that's like, the nature of being not good. I'm not enough saying the start team. these players. I'm saying there has to be a way of giving these players more minutes, so that when they are called upon to mate, you're going to start because I need to rest players for the league game. You're going to start at Liverpool in the cup, or you're going to start at Olympiacos away. Um, there has to be a way of managing these players. So when they are called upon, they're not thrown into the deep end. Ben Johnson was thrown into the deep end at Anfield. Yeah, definitely. Weird First pick. appearance in a month. Playing out of position, wrong side of defence, away at Anfield in the quarterfinal of the cup. Like, that's really bad squad management. I just don't know really why bad. he's playing. Like, I, don't, I, I think that's an awful pick. Like, you've got Aaron Cresswell sitting on the bench. Uh, well, Cresswell's another one that's barely played this season. So it would, it would have been the exact same thing with Cresswell. How many games but, has Cresswell played? Yeah, but... Five games this season. Like, and they're not even five full games. There's a few of those are subs. He's barely got that in minutes. Like one of our best players, though. Yeah, but this this is the thing. Like, if you even if you'd have played Creswell, it'd have been the same thing because he's barely played football this season. But okay, that's fine. But the the flip side of that is, for example, West Ham two Freiburg nil the other week. We had to win that game. You play Aaron Creswell, and he might get more minutes, so he's a bit fresher for the Carabao Cup. But we might be in the last 32 of the Europa League instead of the last 16. Like in We had the, to win that game, game, and so we played the strong, our strongest team. Exactly, what, but that's yeah. precisely what I'm saying. So I'm asking, in all the Premier League games, we all have to win because Moyes has been getting pelters for it all season. Right, he, that like he's been getting pelters all season. So you're not going to give Cresswell more minutes in a, in a game. Lots of the games have been in a close or we've been losing till the late on anyway. So Cresswell doesn't give you anything more in attack than Emerson does. And if you're defending a lead, this season he's been susceptible. So he's not going to get any more game time than that. Like, when was the last time? What did you say? He played five times this season. Yeah, last yeah, game yeah. he starts, back, back at Tapola. That's, like, fair enough. Like, when else are the you going to put him on? So he play, he's played twice in Europe, both against back at Tapola. Yeah. Uh, started in the Everton game. Um, that's because Emerson was suspended. Came off the yeah. bench against Forest for the last ten minutes, I think it was, and mm. then started against Fulham. Um, but I'm not calling for Cresswell to start every week. No, I know. I'm not calling for Fornell to start every week. But I'm saying you, there must there has to be opportunities. Maybe make if you need to make the subs earlier. Like how many times have we moaned that he's moaned that he's making subs in the last five ten minutes? But players minutes. in games isn't thinking. Ah, oh, better. Give four hours a few more. I'm going to give him half an hour uh, today, even though we're, you know, drawing uh, or we're losing away to Burnley. I don't worry about winning this game. I better make sure that the periphery players in my team are getting more minutes. He hasn't got that luxury. Not this season. Everyone's been absolutely hounding him. And we're in the top half of the Prem and we just won our Europa League group and he's been getting absolute pelters. If he starts throwing on players who just aren't good enough, he plays Ben Rama far more than I think he should. If he starts randomly throwing if these on Aaron players Cresswell, are good enough, why has he still got them in his squad? Why didn't he ship them out? Because this you is need my point. a squad, don't you? He still yeah, needs well, players to come in. This is my point, is that he hasn't got but a squad. You He's you got 11 have... first-team players and then a load of crap. And that's down to him. I nah, Well, but then again, like, it's pr- you're, you are right. I do agree that... But, but what I'm saying is, at the beginning of the season, though, we didn't think it was a load of crap, did we? We were like, that's pretty good. Good attacking options. Ben Rama on the bench. Fornell's yeah. on the bench. Corne. Yeah. 
still don't know what's going on with him. We were like, like, oh yeah, this is, there's a lot of rotation option here. There's a lot of rotation, and then it doesn't yeah. rotate forever, and then rotates for heavily rotates two games, and both of those performances were our two worst performances of the season. But genuinely, mate, come on, answer me honestly. And you can't, there's no way you can seriously put this down just to rustiness. Is that what, when has Ben Ramrad, he's got, honestly, you've seen his goals and assist stats for the season. It's a, it's a shambles. Well, Mohamed Kudus has come into the club. Yeah. I mean, he's got he's one, got one assist, assist, maybe. Yeah. One assist. Yeah. Mohamed Kudus has come into the club and shown him how to play that position properly, humbled him, embarrassed him. Pablo Fornells, again, great servant to the club before. There's obviously something else going on. He just doesn't see his future at West Ham and it's just going through the motions, right? I'm not saying that's great, like professionalism, but it happens, right? Let's let's not pretend David Moyes is the first manager to struggle like with that sort of thing. So, you know, you, you, you sort of you sort of get it really. And I, I honestly just think that I, I agree that you're that we do need improvement in that in our squad now. But that's sort of like that's a difficult thing to manage when you're a club like West Ham, isn't it? Do you know what I oh, mean? Oh no, I agree with that. Typically we all have like a starting eleven that's good and then just sort of players on the bench that you hope like can have an impact or don't weaken your team enough when you make a few changes for for the cup games, but that once again, I still think, mate, and I'm not getting away from this. I still think that lineup chosen by David Moyes for the Liverpool game, just as I said it against Olympiacos away, and I was furious with that because I was there. I was, you know, and I just think it's too weak. It's too much. Like it's too many changes there. Like if you can't. And, and he's probably thinking, right, well, listen, you know, we got well unlucky with those two League Cup draws, which we did, to be fair, right? Arsenal at home and Liverpool away. Like, that is quite bad luck, isn't it? We only need, If we got flipping Macclesfield at home or whatever, or Port Vale, like, you know, some of the big teams often do, then Ben Johnson would have started, no problem. Uh, Aaron Cresswell would have started... No problem. All of the periphery, Ings, he probably would have started and probably not with Ings, but, you know, all of the periphery players would have started. We'd have probably just about edged past Macclesfield and it's like, fine. He hasn't been granted that opportunity and because of his weak selection at Olympiacos away, he also didn't have the luxury of a, of a game to play with at the end of the group. So many had to play a strong team for that. And I haven't got any faith in any of our subs, right? Beyond our starting 11, when Michel Antonio comes back, I still don't want to see him starting. I think we we have got a really strong starting 11 and then the drop-off to our subs is, is too big. I agree with you that that is too big, but I totally refute, James, that the reasons for that is just rustiness. Like, come on. The We Are West Ham podcast is sponsored by Miriam Errington Conveyancing in Adelaide, South Australia. So if you are buying or selling a property in Adelaide, South Australia or Australia as a whole, make sure you keep West Ham business in the West Ham family by giving Miriam a call 
or a shout. It's Miriam Errington Conveyancing for all your property sale and conveyancing needs down under. It's game man. It's squad management. Squad management. We, we, we will have to agree. Side Benrahma and Pablo Fornells and Ben Johnson and Angela Bonner don't have impacts. That is not the only reason. Well, I think say that. I'm not saying it's the only reason, but I think it's a factor. I, I genuinely think that these players, Ben Johnson being the main one, were asked to go into especially in such a such a difficult place to go in Anfield against a really really good footballing team, yeah. and expecting him to go and potentially like get West Ham into the semi final of the cup. Yeah, like if you don't trust him, you don't think they're good enough, or you don't think that you, if they've not been enough minutes throughout the season and not match fit, don't play them. I don't care about well, you know, oh, you know yeah, we've got a big game naive. on Saturday. Don't play them. That is naive. Like, like, you're you talking can't... about squad management there. Yeah? Well, at the end of the day, what you're saying is that they're not good enough, right? Well, if they're not good enough, don't play them. Like, yeah, we keep I'd... saying that about Danny Ings all season. Why do you bring Danny Ings on? He's rubbish. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So yeah. why is he Why is he starting Ben Rahm? He's rubbish. Why is he starting Four Nows? Why is he starting Ben Johnson? They're rubbish. Why is he doing it? Genuinely, so, though, the reason is, is not because he thinks they're good. It's because he's worried about the... Or it's because he wants to leave the players on the bench that he did last night, those starters I just read out. He wants to ensure that they've got enough energy to manage the game on the weekend. And look, let's be honest, right? And I know because it's Liverpool way and because it's a chance to get to a semi, fans look at it and go, oh, it's a huge game. If you are David Moyes, for your own job security, it's well more important that he wins at the weekend. It was a great performance against Wolves. Really good, proper positive, great feeling in the ground, really enjoyed the day. And... If you're David Moyes, ultimately at the end of the season, like if you, it's more important for him to win the Manchester United game, isn't it? Because his bosses, right? Whatever you think, his bosses will be going, right, Dave, three games this week Wolves, then a cup game at Liverpool, and then Man United at home in the league. Ultimately, mate, they're going, I, you know, win the two Prem ones, mate. Win the two Prem ones. The prize money's there. Like it's better for the club long term. That's what they care about, isn't it? So what? So, but you said they made too many changes. So average. I don't. Agree, what, I agree. So, so there would have been some first team players that you would have liked to have seen protected for Saturday in that starting eleven. No, no. I, I, I genuinely think there's there. I understand why there has to be an element of that. And I, I I do just think he's sort of unlucky with the, the League Cup draw where he hasn't really been. And it, the Europa League thing I've covered was his own fault. But no, I, I think that was too much of a weak team last night. But what I will say is, which I always sort of think is important to remember, which fans hardly ever do, we're not sitting there. It's well easy to say that. We're not sitting there with all the sports sort of like science data or whatever. Like... Emerson in particular, and I, I, again, I'm sitting here going, well, why didn't all right, Emerson didn't play? Why didn't you play Aaron Cresswell? Like, there, who knows what reasons there might be, right? He might know Cresswell's leaving. There might have been a disciplinary issue in the squad. He might have had a, a minor knock. Um, who knows, right? None of us are au fait to that information because managers 
sort of don't really come out well they never do and explain every single element of their selection but i i just think that if you know pending any other extenuating circumstances that in an ideal world those the the attacking lot more so it's not it's not like overly weak is it like ben rama is appalling obviously Fornells is sort of okay, but you've got Kudus in there, Bowen, like Alvarez and Suchet behind. It's still like a decent-ish midfield. I just think it's that it's the Ben Johnson and Ogbonna bit. Like if Cresswell, Cresswell is not falling off a cliff majorly. He's nowhere near as good as Emerson, but Emerson's one of our best players. Like, why don't you play Cresswell in that game? Like, I, I don't really understand that. Thilo Kera can play as a centre-back and has done in the past. Uh, and again, Angelo Bonner clearly has fallen off the cliff now, hasn't he? Of like... Well, he's one third of yeah, the time. not his fault. Know. The injury and he's 73. I, yeah, honestly, I... Yeah, I don't know. I just... I, you've got players there. Get rid of Ben Rama in January. The Fornell thing, whether he's going to stay for the rest of the season or he'll go in Jan, I don't know. But... The, the, the thing the thing is, right, and this is the next part of the debate, is that I've seen a lot of people go, oh, right, right, well, when January comes, Ben Rama's got to be sold. Fournaus has got to be sold. Ings has got to be sold. Cornet's got to be sold. Cornet? I don't know, yeah. Okay, well, fine. All right, fine. what then? What then? We need to buy a striker, right? Well, mm. we're going to replace all of those players because if we don't, then no, the, first yeah. team, the first team that was protected for Saturday... Mm. Are going to have to play the next thirty games for the rest of the season. Oh yeah, quite. So yeah. we can't sell all of these players in January. Like we can't, we generally can't. We can't sell all no. these players in January. Uh, no. So, so it's so like, kind of like Ben Rama's got to go in January. So okay, well then, what do you do then? What do you do then? Do you replace him? How much? How much money have we got to replace Ben Rama? Probably not a lot. Once we've tried to buy another striker, who's probably not going to well, work we can, out, and we'll sell him for we, thirty million loss in twelve months' time. Like this is this is the situation we're in. Is that hmm. a lot of this? A lot of this squad building and this squad stuff should have been done in the summer. Because now we are where we are. Again, mate. Got, yeah, but you say we've that. We've got eight players, eight we players right, in the squad that no one's good enough. No, everyone's rubbish. Oh, look, but we all thought we were all right, didn't we? We did, but then the trouble is, though, these players aren't being given enough time to be all right. Oh, They're not playing enough to be all right. They're not that's playing enough to be all right. Enough, that's absolutely nothing to do with it. But I think we've laboured this point long enough, The whether it's about them playing or not. But yeah, I, I do agree. You can't just do wholesale thing in January. Get like get rid of Ben Rama and Ings, though. Genuinely. Like, they are bad. Like, they are really bad. Ings, Ings I agree with, because we're you know, we've got to replace him with a striker that can come off the bench and actually run about and do something, kick a football mm. um, towards a goal. Um, mm. But where Ben Rama, where I'm just, actual players are. Ben Rama, I just don't don't see the point. I'm zero goals, zero assists in 17 Prem games or however many games he's played. He's this coming week. on for the last 10 minutes of games most of the time. I mean, like, well, I thought... Not, I thought that's just not I, true, is it? Like, I thought against Liverpool started... he was atrocious. It's against Liverpool, he yeah. was atrocious. He started, yeah. he's played 19 games this season. He started four in the Premier League, uh, three in the Cups, and four in Europe. So, what's that? Eight, that's 11. That? So, he's played, he's played, he started 11 games. How many has he been subbed off? That's a fair old amount, mate. 
One, like, two, three, four, five, probably six. Probably not far six. off of half our games. He's been subbed off in eight different games. But but why do you think that is, mate? Because he's crap. Not because... It's because he's a, an attacking midfield player and he's got zero goals and one assist in 19 games, appearances for this so two, season. Two assists all season. Mohamed could have scored two goals in one game the other day. He's been getting assists left, right and centre like Jared Bowen does. That's what attacking players are supposed to do. Anyway, let's move on. But that is right, isn't it? Look, one assist and zero goals in two, 19 two appearances. He's got two assists two? this season. Yeah. Has he? What was the other one? Uh, let me just have to find the other one. Oh, I'm on transfer uh, got, marked. He got one, at, one in the League Cup against Lincoln <coughs> in that 1-0 win. Uh, and one at Brighton, okay. the, the goal for Bowen. Two assists. Yeah, he hasn't been uh, transfer marked. Haven't given him the one at Lincoln. Shame. It was a corner. Where was it? Yeah. Oh, they've they've done him out of a uh, they've done him out of an assist. Well, it are, I mean, it hardly sort of completely waters down my point, does it? But um, yeah, look, I mean, you know what? Again, it's just it's one of them, right? The scoreline again, isn't it? Really. Like, the score makes it worse. If, if we'd have lost that game 2 1 or 2 0, yeah. even 3 0, it's like, oh, okay, fair enough. Um, but it's not it's not just the scoreline for this one. I think the performance as well was absolutely atrocious. Two shots. Yeah. Two shots. I don't care if it's Anfield or Liverpool, like two shots in a quarter final with a cup. Like, it's pathetic, really. It's pathetic. Um, yeah. But, I mean, yeah. it- it was sort of it was a bit peculiar, really, because I watched the first half, um, like in the pub, and uh, it was like, oh, all right, you know, not great there, but one nil down, you know, you take it. Um, bit of a shake up in the second half, maybe. Well, for, uh, one nil at half time, I thought um, this this could go the same way it went at Tottenham, only a few, yeah, a few exactly weeks ago. That. We could turn yeah. this around the second half if you make some yeah. subs. At half time, yeah. then we've got an opportunity. Instead, he makes what well, two of his subs came while we were waiting to kick off after conceding for crying out loud. <laughs> I mean, yeah. but I was, I watched, I was like, ah, oh, I watched the uh, I'll stay here, I'll stick around then. So I was going to go at half time, watch the second half at home. I thought, oh, no, we've got half a chance here. And then, yeah, I see uh, Curtis Jones ones going, and I was just like, all oh, right, well, I'll dash home now then. And then because it's probably all over, and I'll try and get there just for like the last sort of uh, ten minutes or whatever. Um, because I weren't miles away from from home, and uh, yeah, just like I didn't, I, I got a cab and didn't um didn't have any notifications on my phone or anything like that, and uh, yeah, and then got in, checked the score. I was like, I'm not turning that back on. Like, absolutely no way. <laughs> I think no. I think it was just before Bowen had scored as well. There's up four nil by then, and uh, no, no, it wasn't. No, I can't. I, I, yeah, I don't think Bowen had scored yet. We scored at three. We scored at three nil, didn't we? Yeah, no, it was, it was definitely four. I think it was four one, and uh, yeah, I, I was like, I'm not. And then it was like only at the end I saw it was five. I was like, load of text from my Liverpool mates doing my head in. Um, Jonesy, but look, it's a bit annoying. We should have just done the flipping podcast earlier in the week and we could have had a rare positive one. Uh, I actually thought Wolves was absolutely brilliant on Sunday. We also beat Freiburg Thursday, which was a really good performance as well. Um, 
yeah, we do seem to be shooting ourselves in the foot recently, don't we? Beat Tottenham um, and then go and lose 5-0 at Fulham to sort of turn the discourse negative again. Same thing, two excellent performances. And they really were good as well, weren't they? A bit more what fans have been crying out to see. Um, sort of like going after teams. Freiburg just attacked them early, like we were hoping for on the pod in the, the build-up to that. They win 2-1. Wolves, same again. Like really positive performance. I did think it was on a bit of a knife edge. I think if Wolves is one that got disallowed for VAR, had been given and gone in, the whole place would have got really nervous, wouldn't it? And then you sort of think, ah, oh, blimey, here we go. But as it was, you know, we thoroughly deserved that. We were good for every single goal and every single point from both of those games. Great news uh, that we're through to the last 16 of the Europa League. And, you know, but again, obviously annoying enough for you, probably right. It would have just been better to just lose that game at Liverpool 2-1 and then crack on. But eighth in the league, just a point behind Man United. We're only two points behind Newcastle. And... Only six behind Tottenham, who are apparently the best football team on the whole planet this season. Now they've got big Ange Postacoglu in charge. How are you feeling ahead of uh, ahead of the weekend and the the, the busy festive period? Well, we're stuck back in the middle of this busy festive period, aren't we? But um, yeah, I, I feel quite confident about about Saturday against United. Uh, if, we, if we can beat them, and I think we're, we're more than good enough to beat them. Uh, at the moment, beat them at home. That puts us well in the mix for this race for the top seven, which has been currently being competed for by nine different teams. Puts us well in the mix, well clear of 11th, um, and really almost sets a marker down for the rest of those teams competing. You know, we're, we're in amongst this and we're, we're serious about competing for it. Um, and I'm, mm. I'm confident we can do it. Uh, the last two home games, it's Freiburg and Wolves giving me confidence that, particularly at home, we're, we've turned the corner a little bit and we're, we're a better team uh, and we're a good side and we can play with intensity and purpose and, you know, um, get at them quickly and cause some yep. problems. And with the way that Kudos is scoring goals now, he's one away from double figures already. Um, Bowen's already and on 12. Yeah, both of them. So yeah. we've got goals, got goals in our attack now. Um, Paqueta just assisting everyone. Uh, for oh, he was brilliant the post. When Bowen at the post, that could have been four assists for Piquet in one game. Yeah. Um, just a superb performance from him as well. So we've got the squad there, and not the squad, no, definitely not the squad. The the team there in terms of starting <laughs> eleven to, to to give it to United and, and cause them problems, and they're all over the gaff, aren't they? You know, they've got a good point at Anfield. But... They did, but mate, it's they're a bit like us, aren't they? A bit like yo yo. Like, yeah. get a good result, and then it'll sort of all goes, the wheels fall off again. They're there yeah. for the taking, mate. Definitely. Massively there for the taking. We beat them at home last season, 1 0. Um, I'll do fancy us. I think it'd be a, it'd be a nice way to, to kick off the Christmas celebrations with a win over United. Go seventh, maybe even sixth, depending on other results. Mm. Happy days. And then it takes us into the trip to Arsenal a few days later. Um, if I'm honest, I'm completely and utterly dreading that one. Um, but it gives us a little bit of confidence going into that. Mm. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I quite agree. I, I, yeah, I, I think we're. Um, I'm a bit loath to do this sort of thing, really, because apparently it just no longer matters 
um, how many points you get as a football team. I think loads of people have just completely lost sight of um, of what it is to be a uh, to, to be a football team at the moment. I just want to give a quick shot. I'm not a shout out so much, but Guy Yardley, um, big head honcho of the Adelaide Hammers. Who's extremely welcoming to me when I went to Australia in the summer, uh, a couple of great nights out with Guy. Uh, he's been just non-stop trolling me, basically. <laughs> he finds it absolutely uh, abrasive and offensive that um, I've got the gall to suggest that actually being in the top half of the league through to the last 16 of a uh, Europe second tier competition um, and through to the uh, quarterfinals of the League Cup is actually okay for a club like West Ham. He's, he's extremely offensive. Um, so he's been sending me quite a lot of clown emojis, uh, to be fair. <laughs> Keeps refer referring back to a lot of, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, a lot of the things I say on the pod. Most recently, um, we've got the best squad in my lifetime and we play like 2013 Allardyce, but worse. I mean, Ooh. screw your head on, guy, I think. Uh, James, one thing I do want to do, uh, we've sort of launched into a 45-minute introduction again, um, which I think we're just going to accept is the whole podcast this week. Uh, we will have Betway Charity Bets uh, in a little while as a separate, but I just want to say thank you to a few people. Um all the housekeeping I always go through. Follow us on Twitter at wear underscore West Ham. Get us on Instagram at we are West Ham Pod and subscribe to the YouTube channel, please. Uh, that would be very handy indeed. And um, leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. One thing we do say every week, though, is that you can buy me and James a pint if you want at buymeacoffee.com slash we are West Ham. So I just want to say thanks to a couple of people, Jonesy, who've done that this week and read out some messages. Derek. Uh, bought a couple of beers for us, Jonesy. So that's uh, ten pound in the in the kitty. The money goes directly to me and James. We only ever spend it together over the bar or on you know license fees, equipment, stuff, guest fees, whatever to make the podcast better for you. Um, Derek, thanks you both for keeping this great podcast going. It's a real pleasure to listen to you both both every week. With the regard to the ongoing Moyes in or out discussion, I'm a total Remainer. <laughs> I've been supporting the Hammers since before the 1980 FA Cup win. And excluding the all too brief 95, 90, uh, sorry, 85-86 season, these are the best of times. Moyes has stabilised the ship. There will still be choppy waters and got us dreaming again. He's made the front line of Bowen, Kudus and Paqueta a real force. And other players such as Suchek are finding form again and bedding in nicely now, like Alvarez. I wouldn't say they were boring either. There's anticipation each time one of those front three get the ball. Thanks again, chaps. Come on, you irons. Thanks very much to Derek for that. Josie, while I just uh, search for the, the other people to say thanks to, have you got any sort of thoughts on what Derek said there? Feels like he's had you on toast a bit. It was entitled to their opinion. So I'm gonna say, <laughs> well, and he's bought you a pint, so you can't go too, too, too footed on him. Exactly. No, no, fair, fair play, fair play. No, no, it's a good opinion to have. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good opinion to have, and that is your right, Derek. Yeah, it doesn't sound like James. Uh, Jim Odie got, um, got in touch again, Jonesy, and said, I feel very honoured and proud to have been given a name check on this week's podcast. Well, I've got some great news for you, Jim. You've just had uh, two and in two one. weeks. We're all very, huh? He said another one. Exactly. Happy Christmas indeed. We're all very passionate about our much-loved club and defeats 
do hurt. They hurt us all. I didn't watch match of the day two after Fulham, that's for sure. Um, yeah, just on the way of the game tonight, if everything crossed, we don't lose. Keep up the good work. Seasons, greetings. Thanks very much, Jim. Very kind of you indeed. Alan Hicks. Um, want to say he bought us four beers, James. Thanks very much, Alan. That'll be two beers each for me and you, James. You must get together very soon and share those. Uh, hi, both. Really enjoying the content this season, as always. There's been some great debates recently between you both as to the results and style of play the Hammers are producing. The truth is probably somewhere between both views. All right, Alan. Don't, don't need sensible, logical, calm uh, analysis of me and Jones having to shout at each other every week. Yes, results are important, but so is entertainment. Fans will only put up with dull one nil wins for so long. But similarly, thrilling 4-3 losses can only be accepted for a while too. Like most things, finding a happy medium is the key. And I guess the question to be asked is whether Moyes is the man to enable that moving forward. Anyway. Happy Christmas to you and all the other listeners. And here's to a successful second half of the season. What a nice bloke and sensible, all-round wise head Alan Hicks sounds, Jonesy, wouldn't yeah. you say? I agree. Um, I think um, that was uh, one of the best messages we've had, actually. I think I, 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 like, <laughs> the, I like the balance to it. We don't, we've not had a lot yeah. of balance on this podcast for a while. So, no, um, we really yeah, haven't. Exactly. We really haven't. Um, no, yeah. Well, look. Thanks. Uh, thanks very much to to all of you guys who've uh, who've chipped in um, and bought a few pints. We had a couple of anonymous ones as well. People who didn't um, leave their name just said, "Great show." Uh, here's hoping for more wins for the rest of the season. Yeah. So buymeacoffee.com slash we are West Ham. If you fancy buying me and Jonesy a festive beer or two, uh, we'll be very grateful for that indeed. So James, come and look. We're just going to blaze through this podcast just uh an fyi me and james as we always do every year we'll be having a break i know you might be listening thinking well that's counterintuitive uh, because the football period is the most busy over christmas well frankly uh me and jonesy work our little socks off uh, to get this podcast out uh, week in week out particularly the last couple of seasons where we've been in europe as well it's a lot of opposition views a couple of them a week two games to look back on jonesy does a sterling sterling job with the social media editing everything up getting it out on two different platforms the podcast and the YouTube channel, plus all the other invisible bits that go with it from a sort of finance tax perspective, that sort of thing. We're, we're hardly, um, put it this way, neither of us have uh, have retired from this. We don't, don't we make a few quid, a bit of beer money, um, but we've both got full-time jobs alongside this as well. Jonesy's got his, his young family. We both lead very, very busy lives. So when it comes to Christmas, uh, we like to just take a step back from as much of that stuff as possible and spend a bit of uh, a calm, relaxing time with our, with our friends and family. So uh, we hope you understand. Um, if you don't, unfortunately, we're still going to do it anyway. So uh, <laughs> yeah, but look, thanks very much to to everyone for listening this year so we won't have you won't have a podcast from us i'm going to try and actually uh, get out a claret and blue view um over christmas for you that i'm still in conversations about that i'll try and get one of those out um for you next week for a little bit of festive listening but it certainly won't be like match specific uh or anything like that with the uh, obviously manchester united Arsenal, um, and then who else we got? Jonesy, Brighton, isn't it? At home, Brighton on January the second. the second. Then Bristol City, yeah. Cut. Yep. 
Exactly. So, yeah, me and Jonesy will be, uh, we'll have something out um, probably ahead of that Bristol City game. I would imagine I'll try and get a claret blue view in next week. So, on that note, James, uh, to look ahead to the games we've got coming up, um, it's Manchester United on Saturday at home. Then we've got Arsenal away on the 28th of December and then Brighton at home on January the 2nd. What is your, how are you feeling? Are you, are you sort of approaching all of those uh, at this stage? Well, that's a, I'm confident against United. Um, uh, the Arsenal game, dreading. Um, but then... Brighton, we've we've got over that. We've got that monkey off our back, haven't we? Haven't beaten them earlier this season. Yeah, they they're in they're in amongst it still, sort of fighting with us for that top seven, top eight. But they haven't been as good as they were last season. Um, and playing them at home, I think we've got an opportunity of back to back wins over Brighton for what over hundred years probably it's going to be since we last did that. <laughs> First so, time in three centuries. Um, yeah. So I, I'm I again like I've, for the first time ever. Going into a game against Brighton, potentially going, yeah, we should win this. Um, but I, I, I get the feeling that that could come back to bite me a little bit. But hmm. um, I'm confident if we can pick up what four, four to six points over the next three games, I'll be happy. But will you be happy though? I just don't yeah. think you will. We play this game loads, and we say, "Look at no, how many points we want from no, Leeds." I said it. It's the, Spurs it's the manner of the performances as well. You like, weren't happy. You've got you've got you've got to play well as well. There's no point grinding out last minute What's winners every week and going, oh well, that's great. Oh yeah, good look how good we are. They just paper over the cracks, those sort of performances. I'll tell you what, right? T- next se- next season, right? When we win uh, the Europa League semi-final over two legs against Galatasaray, and we draw nil-nil away, and it's a scrappy one-nil at home in the second leg to get us to the Europa League final in Dublin at the end of May, you're not coming. You're not allowed to come. You, you have not? To sit, you're not even allowed to watch it on telly at home or celebrate if and when we win. I'm going to be in the stadium. When we get one nil, nil, nil in, in the final, in normal time and extra time, and then we win on pens, you're, I'm, you're not allowed to celebrate. You can sit home on your own, grumbling to yourself. You do a podcast on your own because I'll be out in Dublin, pissed out my head celebrating West Ham winning a second consecutive European trophy. All yeah. the other Mizogs, all the oh, it's just not good enough. Oh, I want the football to be... Not, you're not allowed to celebrate, all right? It'll just be Fair. me and all the other Moyes in brigade and you lot could sit at home Very patting each other on the back. Very mature way of having a different opinion to me. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be there. I will be there celebrating. I mean, we've got, got to get there first, but I will be there celebrating regardless of whether we uh, win, beat Galatasaray with two legs 9-0 or beat them 1-0 or beat them on penalties. Like I'll be there and no one's stopping me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not allowed to celebrate. That's all I'm saying. Uh, what are you doing over Christmas, James? Oh, what am I doing? What am I doing? So, uh, over at uh, sister-in-law's on Christmas Day, yeah, and then family over to ours on Boxing Day. Um, Lovely. So, yeah. Uh, what about you? What have you bought? What have you bought, Harrison? Obviously, one of the most iconic We Are West Ham podcast chats was the uh, time you bought him a shed, either for Christmas or his birthday. I can't remember. I know they're both in December, so you were cold putting it up. That's all I remember. 
Uh, yeah, and I'm loving it in the comments. Bought that for his birthday last year, I think it was. But um, yeah. this year, uh, what have I got him? I've got him loads of stuff. It's like it's all. He in, doesn't listen, mate. He doesn't listen. No, but it's all in the the wardrobe behind me. Um, Is it? You don't need to up. show me. No, I'm not going to. But it's I've got like basically it's just a load of toys, Transformers. Yeah, uh, a load of Hot plastic Hot Wheels, crap Hot Wheels, Hot Wheels, Hot Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've got some games as well. Got some sort of. Yeah. Do you remember Bop It's? Bop It. Oh, when you that, twist it. Oh, what? It, Hang on. Press it. Oh, what? The twist it, turn twist it, it, push turn it, it, zap it, it. Yeah, whatever yeah. it was. Yeah, and you yeah. have to get like a score. You have to get quicker and quicker. So we yeah. bought him one of those. I've got him one of those. They've changed the design a little bit, but it's still a Bop It. It's a, it's a, yeah, yeah. It's um. So I bought one of those for him. Well, that would be a right. good laugh. Um, yeah, he's, he's into his like games and puzzles at the moment, so lots of lots of games. But that's um, that's that's sort of that's pretty good, isn't it? Like sort of keeping him stimulated or whatever. I'm just sort of saying yeah. things that I've probably heard on like yeah, right. nah, but then yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wonder if oh, I've done how to turn this off now. Um, I hope we haven't copyrighted anything there, but uh, yeah, I wonder if, if if anyone's listening who doesn't know what a bop it is, that would have been the weirdest little section of a podcast ever. Particularly, it's got very like loads of overseas listeners, just like a load of I'm just a picture and load of Americans and Australians listening at the moment. Um, uh, just going, uh, what the hell are these guys? What's a bop it? What the hell is a bar pit? Just if you don't know what a bar pit is, Google it and buy one. Yeah, um, yeah, they're not yeah, very yeah. expensive. They're about twelve quid, and they, they it's it's good fun for about ten minutes. Absolutely, anyway, until yeah. you get really frustrated Quality with it. The night. <laughs> yeah, you launch it through the window. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, James, it's probably worth. Have you got any festive message for all of our listeners, both at home and abroad? We've got loads of listeners in America, Australia, uh, the far well, actually all over the place to be quite honest, all over the world. Um, so, yeah, we always love hearing from all of you, um, wherever you are on the planet, whether you're just around the corner in London or whether you're, uh, yeah, the far-flung reaches, uh, even though he's been irritating me all week. Guy and all the Adelaide Hammers want to say hello to them. Um, and everyone down under and stateside, of course, and everywhere else in the world. Have you got any festive message for everyone, Jonesy? Um, just, just thanks again to everyone that tunes in every week, whether that's on on YouTube or on the on Spotify or or, or Apple or wherever else they can find us. Um, just thanks for tuning in and supporting us for, for the last year. It's been reflecting on twenty twenty three. What a year! We ended our trophy drought, first trophy in our lifetime. We was over in Prague doing a show. Um, obviously, you went over to to, to Australia pre season. Did a show there. Thanks to everyone that supported you, uh, us on that as well. So it's just been a good year. The, the pod's grown. We've, we've grown our audience a fair bit as well. So, yeah, here's to growing even further and reaching more listeners, but obviously keeping the, the originals, the OGs of the, the We Are The West OGs, exactly. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's just several, haven't we, from the Love Sport days? Yeah, yeah. It's just a, a just massively appreciate it. It's not, it's not no better feeling than getting good comments underneath our content whether that's just a real or whether it's a full episode uh, from people that say that they appreciate 
what we do every week and what we listen to. And um, I also, I equally enjoy the ones where they go, what on earth is Will talking about? More of that, <laughs> more of that in 2024, please. Um, but yeah, no, I appreciate uh, the love that we get every week. Um, love doing it. Love doing it with you, mate. And um, looking forward to, to doing more in 2024 and beyond. More of the same next year, mate. Exactly that. Yeah, echo everything Jonesy said, really. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I appreciate the format's gone to part a little bit um, this week. We've had a bit of a struggle, just loads and loads of stuff uh, that we're both doing up until Christmas. A bit trickier getting guests locked in uh, and that sort of thing. So we hope you don't mind this slightly uh, less structured, more informal uh, episode this week. And, and I appreciate the last couple of weeks have just sort of gone into pandemonium somewhat but it has felt like the the bigger picture chat has been the uh more appropriate thing to focus on rather than the minutiae of the games in particular i'm actually feeling pretty positive about the team on the whole i know lots of you think that's sort of deluded and um and a bit off but like james said what a year it's been the the prague thing yeah that's sort of it's almost like that hasn't really settled in really it hasn't really sunk in what happened. Um, it was all just a bit of a whirlwind and and a, and a bit much, quite frankly. But it, yeah, I, I've thoroughly enjoyed being a West Ham fan uh, over a, a sustained period of time. It's been a bit of a bit of an odd podcast this year it's because you sort of find yourself fighting a lot against. Well, I've certainly felt that way. Anyway, find yourself fighting a lot against some some of the negativity and all that sort of thing uh and you know sort of a case of trying not to let me drag it let it drag me down sometimes when i'm just enjoying west ham being far less rubbish than they have been for the vast majority of my life um and yeah but to be quite honest the opportunities and the experiences we have had off of the back of of doing this podcast me and james have been doing this for a very very long time now and Every year, really, every summer at the end of every season, we sort of have a proper sit down and go, right, are we going to do it again? Are we going to keep going? And something comes up, you know, I want to say a huge thanks to um, Miriam Errington uh, down there in Australia and her company, Miriam Errington Conveyancing. You'll hear those adverts on each and every one of the podcasts and her huge generosity meant I got to go out to uh, Australia in the summer, which was amazing. And then, yeah, her support on the podcast this year just means we've sort of been able to to step it up a little bit. And then when the, the away games come round, the European away games come round in the in the spring, me and Jonesy, for both of us or, um, you know, or one of us will be um, as many of those as we can, hopefully all of them, hopefully in the run all the way to the final, the Olympiacos game. And, and I was able to do that as well uh yeah all of that is sort of thanks to the generosity of of miriam uh, and the guys at betway of course who are a charity partner for this season we're able to raise money again for the bobby moore fund and the dt38 foundation delighted to be able to do that um so yeah all in all really really good really great year for the we are west Ham podcast and all of it is because you lot really um all of you who listen and get stuck in uh yeah it's the 21st of december now hope you don't mind me and jonesy having a break but we are absolutely shattered uh so from both of us uh, you will hear the uh, betway charity bets after this section but from both me and james a massive massive happy christmas 
a happy new year, happy holidays, whatever you're celebrating and wherever you're celebrating it and whoever you're celebrating it with. We hope you enjoy it. Hope it's happy and healthy. And yeah, that West Ham pick up a few points over the festive period. And of course, for, as a Christmas present to Jonesy, let's hope we do it playing beautifully, not conceding any goals or not being even a smidge rubbish and that we win them all six there when it's all really lovely as well as getting the points that we need but look thanks so much for listening this year everyone up the hammers west ham are still massive and we'll speak to you next year well i know you just had the big old emotional farewell from me there but uh yeah just we ended up just doing one big old section rather than breaking it up as we normally do for the last one of the year uh, jonesy betway charity bets uh, we've got a couple of games coming up so uh it might be that all of these bets the graphics will go up probably on our on our socials as usual because we will be doing the charity bets over the festive period for the games west ham have got coming up so there'll be three um prior to uh our return basically in early january we'll try and get a part i think the first podcast will be up before the bristol city game as i've already mentioned uh so jonesy what have you gone for this week for your bet against manchester united goes without saying i think that we weren't actually anywhere near uh last oh actually you were quite close weren't you yeah i only needed a uh ideally i needed wolves to get penalty and score it and score win, it. I had kudos yeah. to score any time. Um, and both teams to score penalty to be awarded, but yeah. didn't happen. I, w- I went so check any time, both teams to score more than 6.5 corners. So, yeah, mine was absolutely appalling last week. Uh, this week, James, I've gone for goal in each half, Jared Bowen to score any time, and West Ham to win against Man United. It's Christmas after all. That always increases the odds a little bit. And I, I was going to go double chance, but I was like, you know what? It's Christmas. I fancy us. Nice. I like that. I like that. I've gone for both teams to score. Uh, Paqueta to assist or score any time and a penalty to be awarded. I'm sticking with that one because we've not, it's not been a penalty for a while. So the due one. And uh, we're, playing, United, we're playing Man United and Arsenal next. So, um, and that is going to be my bet for the next two games. I'm sticking with it. I can see that yeah. coming in over the next two weeks at least once. All right, mate. Well, um, fingers. Oh, oh, Paqueta to assist or score. Right. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Obviously. Um, yeah. You won't have a podcast with the Betway Charity Bets, but you can. You will see the graphics um, on socials when the bets go live. You can back them yourself. Don't forget as well on the Betway website and app. Just go to the game in question. Uh, and then scroll down to, across even to pre-built bets, and then you'll see uh, the We Are West Ham bets in that list there. Mine and James's will be listed separately. So you can back them for real if you like. Don't forget, me and James are doing this on the podcast because Betway, each and every Premier League game in West Ham season, there we are provided with a £50 charity stake each to put on a three-legged bet builder. Uh, for those Premier League games of of West Ham's. Any winnings that I win from my bets go to the Bobby Moore Fund. Any winnings from James's go to the DT38 Dylan Tombides Foundation. And that money is going to be matched by Betway at the end of the season, which is absolutely brilliant. I think we've got about 1,050 quid so far in the kitty uh, for the Bobby Moore Fund. James yet to get off the mark, but 
uh, always has a big one coming. I fancy you'll be off the mark by the end of Christmas, Jonesy. So don't worry about it. As I say, we'll be making these bets. Um, so keep an eye on our socials on the, the next three games over the festive period. That's what we've gone for for the Man United one. Thanks once again to to Betway for their, their partnership this season. It's one of the most proud things me and Jonesy uh, or sorry, excuse me. One of the things me and Josie are most proud of about this podcast is that over the last sort of four through three seasons, three years ago, this will be the third year. Um, we've been out to raise more than twenty thousand pounds for some fantastic West Ham linked charities. So yeah, thanks once again and Merry Christmas to everyone at Betway. Happy Christmas to everyone listening. Happy New Year, and we'll speak to you in two thousand and twenty-four. Hi, this is Tony Cotty, and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. The We Are West End podcast is sponsored by Miriam Errington Conveyancing in Adelaide, South Australia. So if you are buying or selling a property in Adelaide, South Australia or Australia as a whole, make sure you keep West End business in the West End family by giving Miriam a call or a shout. It's Miriam Errington Conveyancing for all your property sale and conveyancing needs down under. Sports Social Podcast Network.